Hey, everyone. Welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how are you doing? Doing terrific, Todd. It's great to, great to be back doing the show, trying to make it all work. I hope my audio sounds a lot, a lot better. I know I got some feedback about it not being so great last time, but it's, I'm It sounds a little better, uh, and I guess we'll just see how, see how it goes. And yeah. uh, I'm just joining the room now, and, and uh, we're on a tight timeline today because I have a presentation. I think you got to mute your your mobile phone. It is. Uh, there's no way to. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, that's better. Um, I've got a uh, presentation at uh, four o'clock today, so we're gonna run this to about three fifty in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, if you're joining us on Clubhouse, we are recording this today uh, for our regular audience that's uh, watching. This this show is available via a live video as well at newmediashow.com forward slash live. You can watch us live. Um, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or a whole bunch of different places today. And hopefully, Rob, your audio issues on Clubhouse have resolved from the last show. I hope so, too. <laughs> so um, I guess the one thing I wanted to talk about was the announcement that came out this morning from Marco Armet and Overcast of essentially uh, any chartable or pod sites redirect will no longer be counted on that app because of people having challenges getting the show because according yeah. to him, it's they're being blocked right now. It's always I, the, the concern um, from the early days that uh, you start doing that kind of stuff and it's easy to identify and block access to the content. And yeah. These attribution engines are, uh, you know, put, putting an extra layer in there. That's not really necessary. Well, you know, here's the, the thing that really gets me on this is who who is okay so we've gotten these tickets before podcasters that are using those services saying my listeners are saying they can't listen to my show but it's usually web-based web-based applications that are blocking the ability for someone to listen to the show because because of those two particular redirects now Knock on wood, Blueberry and PodTrack so far haven't been affected because um, yeah. we don't do attribution tracking. We don't do privacy invasion. But And really, that's not completely fair for the, the Chartable and PodSites users, but that's what's being assumed by these blockers is that they're doing attribution tracking and they're, you know, they're spying on listeners. So there's been blocks put in place. So I really try to want to understand is how this is actually happening on Marco's app. So if someone has the app on their phone. So he's iOS. He's I, I know he's iOS, but let's, let's walk through this. So how his app is making a direct call to that media Mm -hmm. through the redirects. How is that getting blocked? Is is the person running software on their phone? That's look. It has to be an application that's running on certain people's phones that are trying to block 
ad, but I've never run ad blocking software on my phone. So I don't even know which, which app would be causing the black or the, not the blacklist, the block list, mm-hmm. how, how, how that's even happening. But he, he says it is. So I guess we need to ask, um, Marco, what are you seeing out there? That's, that's causing this issue. So it must be some sort of an app that's available through the app store um, that you can install on your iOS device that is looking, um, looking at URLs that are passing into your phone based on a blacklist, right? Right. So, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, it's a pretty simplistic scenario. But it, Uh, it, it does have me just a little bit puzzled, you know, because again, we've seen, We've seen issues come in via web and and there's a few browsers, not a lot that are blocking those services. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've, uh, you know, if someone's got one of these URLs that's being blocked, I'd love to have, you know, you know, I haven't seen one in, in probably a month from a ticket that's come into us. But if someone has one of these links that are supposedly being blocked, I surely would like to try it in because I run the ad blocker. I use uBlock mm-hmm. um, on my Chrome browser. So I, to this point, I, I don't know. Maybe I just need to try a charitable or a pod sites redirect link on a regular media URL and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that it would be good to to do some experimentation around this and find out what's going on because, I mean, certainly, you know, for those ad blocking applications to just assume that there's advertisements writing along with the chartable redirects is it's kind of a big assumption, right? Well, it's, they're not being blocked. I don't believe because of ads. I think those two services are being labeled by those groups as yep. doing attribution tracking and, and privacy, privacy, have yep. privacy concerns. Ad, ad blocker stuff, or is it basically a privacy application? That's, well, doing this. that's that's the question i guess we need to find out that's that's the core of the of the real issue is what kind of application or is it an app that has both in it i don't know because you know chartable can be used without you running ads the same with pod sites and same with us and with pod track you don't have to have a quote unquote ad running it's more about measurement but Apparently, that's so um, blocking access to the whole piece of content, not just the ads. Right, they're not even letting people access the content unless they bypass. And this is what Marco has done: is he is basically skipping to the main URL and letting the media play, so that they don't route the redirect through the request on the app. So to me, it still is a little sketchy from the standpoint that is okay. So if I, at the app level, say anytime I see a charter or a pod sites redirect, read, I'm going to jump to the media URL. He would have only have done this. If what he says is true is that the media is being blocked from being downloaded. Mm-hmm. So if that's happening on the overcast app, it must be happening on other apps it can't just be happening on his app right if Unless, the, if they're running that secondary software right or does he have some or is he actually running 
the ad blocking technology in Overcast that's right. actually flagging these media URLs. Yeah, I I I think that's a big question mark. So I I don't want everyone to get too crazy here on this because there's there's answers to be to be there's questions to be asked and and we need some more answers from Marco but if I look at what uh you know I made a comment on my Facebook page and Tom Webster um basically said hey it's just let me let me read what uh what Tom said uh, to my post cuz uh, let me find it here real quick I basically said to um I put um let me find it. Tom said, let's put the subject back into that sentence. It means Mark Romette can block your podcast from Overcast. Well. Well, and I guess the other big part of this, too, is that it, does this say something about Marco's application? Is there some way that he can block access to the URLs in his app? Well, he... Or Marcos went around. He, people are going to be able to get access to those programs. He, just the only thing that's not going to happen is pod sites and charitable are not going to get a attribution or measurement signal back from Marcos app. They're not right. going. They're not. They're not going to see that in their log files because what he's going to do is he just when the request to play comes in, he's going to play the the master URL and throwing out the charitable and pod sites some people are you know we see it on our stuff people are running blueberry stats pod track charitable and they're running four prepens in front of their media we see this all the time is this is nothing new yeah i know but it's 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 getting to be a little overkill when you start layering in those many those many redirects on on a media URL. I mean, I, I would imagine there's got to be some latency issues with that. Well, it happens. It, it's transparent because it just, for us, it's just a, it's just a flash. Right. It doesn't, you know, it typically probably doesn't take very long to do that. No, but I, it Todd, I wanted to mention too, that uh, Paul Spain is up on stage with us too. And I don't okay. know, Paul, if you wanted to, to jump in on this topic about, uh, um, ad blockers or privacy blockers blocking access to to audio content in the Overcast app. Paul, is it? Do you have any thoughts on that? Have you heard anything? Um, I only heard about it first when when you both raised it. But um, okay. to me, sort of knowing um, you know a little bit about uh, Marco and uh, and his approach, I can imagine this would be the sort of thing that he would uh, would choose to do. And so very easy for him to code that in, have a look at the URL and yeah. just drop out those redirects. Very easy to do that in that. Um, in terms of people having choosing to, you know, fire their stats off in different directions, that's obviously worked for a very long time. And I mean, I cho choose not to generally do that, um, but I can absolutely understand why people might be happy to do that. And look, I, you know, I think, applications for a long time have not had a problem with those redirects and particularly where podcasts are, are downloading while uh, while people sleep which has been the you know the traditional approach while you plug your phone in overnight etc yeah. um, not really a big deal so 
Um, to, to me, we shouldn't be too concerned about that, but uh, maybe that's that's changing if these redirects are quite slow and somebody hits play uh, and it, I don't know, if it adds too many milliseconds to the process, then uh, uh, eventually there will be a, a frustration there. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be too concerned if people want to redirect through yeah. four services. You only have that risk, though, if one of those services down. Right, uh, right. Then, you know, yeah. of course, the whole thing falls right. over and nobody can hear your episodes. Well, and the concern now is that there's some third-party software that's blocking access to your content um, based on using these these redirects. Um, so that's, that's where my concern is, is, is it, you know, where does this spin, right? Right. Where does this go as you look to the future? I mean, is this, are these apps going to be smart enough to detect whether or not, uh, a podcast has an ad in it and somehow, you know, I, I don't know how they would block an ad Todd, really, if you think about it. Um, it's not like they're going to mute your speaker or something. No, but, and what they're and really what they're doing is okay. So it's just like a browser now, you know. When you try to load a HTTP website, it warns you, you know, that this this site is not secure. So yeah. some of these are default behaviors of some of these. They're saying, "Hey, where you're going is unsafe. You're being you're being tracked, and you know, either usually you can say allow, allow it, or stop, and you don't get access to it, but." Um, as Paul mentioned, the more redirects you have, the more chances of of really failure happens. Now, you know, knock on wood here, um, we, you know, we put in, and we've talked about this on the show before, you know, when we're running 80,000 shows and millions of episodes and they have redirects on every one of their piece of medias that comes from Blueberry, um, that server can never go down. Never. It, it just, it just can't, uh, because that's millions of episodes that immediately cannot be served because it hits the first, you know, it hits that first jump point. And if the server's not say not there to pass it on, it stops and it, and the, and the media fails. Now, what we did is we built triple redundancy and I have felt a second level before we've had a server go down and our criteria is 10 seconds. You know, that, that secondary server picks up within 10 seconds of it being down. So just the monitoring resources on the redirect server is high enough so that we know. And then everybody's phones explodes because they send text messages and rings us and, you know, that server's down. So the secondary server's online and it picks up the load and runs. It's just, a, it's an exact copy and sitting in a different zone. Right. in our cloud formation. And then the third computer or the third server has never been hit. It's set, it's set idle for 10 plus years, but we've tested that once in a while. We, we pull the plug, you know, we turn the server off and make sure they jump down to make sure, you know, it's going to have to be a nuclear war. Well, <laughs> famous last words, um, because stuff can happen no matter what and stuff can fail. But um, right. that those redirect, and, if, and, and I'm sure Charbo and pod sites, everyone else has thought this through too, as well, because your mm -hmm. reputation will get damaged incredibly quickly. If you're not delivering media for an hour, uh, for 15 minutes, the phone, our, our support lines would start blowing up. So when you did those relationships with, uh, you know, to, to allow those redirects to pass through your system, did you check to see from them if they had that? 
Of a redundant the the, the only person I have an, uh, an agreement with is PodTrack. Uh, um, yeah. Because, and we've tried, and I won't get into the politics of it, but we, you know, we people that want to use Chartable with our services can. They just have to manually enter it. We don't make it so it's automated. Right. Same thing with pod sites. And uh, it's largely because, well, we, we never got a, we never got an agreement across the finish line. Right. So, and I think people that use Chartable and use pod sites, they're using it. They know what they're getting into. They know that if they're running, I think to do the attribution on Chartable is an extra piece. I think you get your Chartable stats without attribution. And the only time you're running attribution is when you're doing a campaign and they're measuring it. Right. So probably 90% of the shows that are on Chartable probably are not having any attribution collection being done. So they're getting punished for a segment of their user base. Yeah, and is this really more about <laughs> privacy than anything else? And I think that's what that, that's what we need to dig into. Is that I just get this feeling that privacy issues are are increasing, uh, coming to a head. Um, oh, more. more. So. I keep hearing, and Todd, maybe you're hearing this too, but a lot of the bigger companies are really. Uh, pushing back on tracking and and uh, doing doing retargeting and things like that, and they're starting to see what's happening from a from an EU perspective, even in the U.S. here with new legislation passing in in states and more things coming. That the the sensitivity of um, you know tracking listeners is kind of getting higher and higher. So. Well, they, they've got, there's 13 states that have legislation in process that's very similar to the California CCPA. Right. And so, you know, at what point does the party end? I, I you know, we've, we've said for a long time, well, actually some of those business, one of those business owners <laughs> made the statement that if, X happened, it would put them out of business. And it's largely this, these privacy concerns. Right. Um, you know, both Libsyn and Blueberry have done global GDPR on our, on our data. Right. So, and, and we are going to put out a listener privacy policy as well on our platform too. So everything is really clear because we see it definitely ramping up. Yeah. Um, the concerns that, uh, well, uh, platform, you know, brands, you know, people that are involved in the podcasting advertising business being sensitive to this more and more. So I, I don't know if any other companies have announced global GDPR. I think I know we both of us have been very public about that. And for a long time, so I, we, yeah. you know, I, I probably spent half a million dollars implementing global GDPR at Blueberry. Right. And dev time. It was dev time, legal lease, lawyers. Mm-hmm. And then having to put in some agreements with a couple of companies that, you know, or a couple of our service providers, people that, you know, we provide service for and data exchange. And because there's all that legal lease that goes along with GDPR. So it's not a cheap undertaking to, to implement that. But, you know, we're going to have more of this. There's going to be more. So it's just more simple for us to say, no, we're not going to do it. So I wanted to open it up to anybody else in the clubhouse room if they want to come up and um, ask a question about this topic uh, or provide any inside information that you might have about uh, your understanding of this. Um, 
if anybody, you know, Chris or Dustin or anybody, um, just ra raise your hand and we'll, we'll definitely pull you up here. And Paul, is there any other thoughts that you have on this around the privacy side of things? I guess. Okay. One thing that, um, I'll wait for if Paul unmutes himself, but, uh, you know, in the chat, in the Facebook chat, Brian says, well, I'm going to remove chartable prepend. Now, just so we're clear, don't anyone panic here. Right. No, All right. And we're not trying to put anybody out of business um, because right. of one action. But you need to, uh, if you're not, here, here's the thing. I don't think this is widespread this blocking. I think a certain specific set of circumstances has to happen on a listener's part for this to happen. Right. And, and just keep in mind too, Marco is extremely sensitive to this stuff. So he's not a, I mean, he's, yeah. Oh, he's, I mean, he's a privacy advocate. Yeah. Right. He is, he is going to push the envelope on this stuff and raise awareness to it because he's concerned about it as well. And it's, and in some ways, Todd, this is this is what we were all concerned about about the the RAD initiative, right? Right. In part too, um, being able to to report back ad locations and playback. It, it, there was concerns about ad blocking in that situation as well. But um, Todd, I know that we're kind of kind of uh, have a limited time today, so I don't know if we feel like we covered that. I think topic. so. If, if we want to move on to something yeah. else, I that um, one of the things that came up today too is around Spotify. Um, I guess you listen to one second of audio, which basically is hitting the play button on Spotify, and it's uh, it's it's uh, downloading ninety seconds of um, audio content. Rob, so, that happens across. No, no, I know it does. I know it does, but but. I think what the point is, is that they're counting, Spotify is counting it as a play, oh. uh, would be my comment on this and why it was raised was, you know, a person comes in and clicks the play button, you know, mm -hmm. that gets counted in the Spotify system. It doesn't get counted in our system. It, there's probably very few instances where it wouldn't because right. not, not at the first second, but our system yep. is going to see. That, that 60 seconds of download is going to happen very quickly. So it's not going to take much. No, it isn't. You're right. But one get... second's a little quick. Um, right. Now, if I start one second and stop at five, you know, let, let's, let's, let's be frank. The way every app is different. Some of them start downloading the whole thing immediately when you hit play. Some take a chunk. It's different actions for different devices. So... Right. You know, that 60 second thing is 60 second beyond uh, ID. Now, remember, it's supposed to be before your ID3 load. So you have whatever your graphics, your ID3 text, six, seven, yep. eight hundred. And then one meg is about a minute. You, you got to get beyond that before we count it as a one. But, you know, I look at I look at partial play data a lot. Yeah. And. There is always, let's say a show has 10,000 downloads and we're the, I think we're the only ones that actually look at this data for partial play is it, we see maybe let there's 10,000 total downloads, maybe three or 400 of them uh, mm -hmm. only make it to the 25% mark. Yeah. 
we don't show that data in partial play if it doesn't qualify, but three to 400 of those plays only made it to 25%. So the, how, how much of that, we really can't tell because mm-hmm. as soon as that person hits play, the app starts pulling the media. Right. And if they're on a good connection, they could hit stop and get to 25% and still be counted as a one. And only listen to one or two seconds. Uh, maybe a little more, but not much. You know, again, it depends on their internet connection on how much of that media gets pulled. Yeah, I mean, Brian Berletta from um, Profitable Podcasting as part of the Pod News is the one that kind of kind of broke this, I, yeah. I guess. Um, but it does raise issues, Todd, that are going to point to this conflation between counting uh, and tracking of listener plays versus downloads, mm-hmm. right? So I think. The assumption is here is that when a person clicks play in Spotify or any of these platforms, um, as you look at IEB stats, that uh, at least one minute of audio is played, right? Right. So, I, but is anyone is anyone using this? You know, you and I, and all, almost everyone else is on pass through with Spotify. So we're we're giving them IEB certified data in our stats. Um, Sean says, wouldn't downloading 90 seconds of audio qualify as an IAB download and pass through for Spotify? Yes, it would. If, if we see 90 seconds, absolutely. That's a one. Right. But, but from a listener perspective, they could, they could start and stop within a couple of seconds. Right. They could. Well, again, well, we usually see there, there are some apps that'll even grab a little bit. Right, and fast the the download connection is right, and they'll grab a little bit of the media file, and right. then, so you, again, you have to be careful and looking. You know, it's all about the log data. So mm-hmm. plays, I would I would never ever ever report to an advertiser plays from Spotify. I would not use their stats. Right. I would use but, your hosting provider stats. But if Spotify is counting this one second of play so you click play and then you stop within one second yeah Spotify is counting that as a as a download or a play they're probably using the term well they don't use the word download right because they're supposedly a streaming platform right right? yeah (laughs) so it's you know i streaming with podcasting yeah like you know people can do what they want to do and report how they want to report but i if, if it was me and I'm running an ad campaign. I, you know, I'm going to report my IEB certified download numbers because play is not a reportable. This is the this is the dilemma that we're moving into right now again. Is everyone wants to call it a play? Right. And actually, the the article that he issue right yeah the art the article that he did talked about this exact issue we've been talking about for more than ten years. Right. And how people want to call everything a stream. Well, it's a stream. Well, it's a streaming, it's a progressive download is the technical term, mm-hmm. you know, play, play and stream kind of <laughs> ride together in people's perception. Right. 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 Um, and that's not what's going on here. And that's, what's, that's why I wanted to talk about this is because this really cuts to the chase of the conflation of the issue, right. In people's perception of I, the metrics. I forget. What is his name? Brian is Brian's the author of 
Brian Berletta. Yeah, Brian Berletta. So if if you if if you guys aren't subscribed to his newsletter, you know maybe you should be, especially yeah. if you want to. He this last article, and I chuckled all the way through because I'm like Brian, you're just figuring this out. Come on, this is this is something that we've been. Maybe he knew, and maybe just brought to light. But we've known about this conundrum for a very, very, very long time. You know, and matter of fact, it was part of some of the early IEB discussion points where there was outright, <laughs> how should we say it, battles over terminology. Well, I think the battles are still there. Tom. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we still haven't resolved this issue because a, a lot of these listening platforms want things to be streamed. Yeah. But- the technology doesn't enable that, but you know, as far as the listener concerned, it's they can't tell, right? So, and in a in a DAI ad injected system, it yeah. still is a download. Right. right. <laughs> you know, it's it's still you know that media is being served progressively. It may progressively completely download it. Right. And to most people, they don't really care. They don't care. And right. and to the audience, they want to hit play and listen. That's it. They don't right. care what we call it. Right. It's just yeah. it's just in the reporting side and being able to try to, you know, yeah. explain yeah. to. Yes, of course you care about right. these these right. type of things. And if you're, you know, if you're a listening platform, yeah, you don't you, you don't care. Uh, Todd <laughs> Podfest Expo. If you if you haven't heard, uh, yeah. There's to have an event in Orlando in June uh, has now been postponed uh, date. Do be- we do we know the underlying reason? I know what they said in their statement, but were they getting pressure from people or did they just figure they couldn't do it correctly by June or? My guess, they weren't getting registrations is my guess. Oh. People weren't uh, wanting to, to commit to traveling yet. Yeah. Well, with uh, them having done two virtual events, why would people travel to an event if they if they're doing them virtually? So this is going to be the challenge, I think, for all of these. You know, I I talked to another gal that's having an event in conjunction with NRB down in Texas, mm-hmm. and that's later in the year, and it probably will will go will will go, and I am excited for her event and what they're going to do it's from the the Spark team. Right. Um, the Christian conference that started, uh, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got podcast movement a little later in the year. We got NAB and NAB. Now get this, Rob, NAB this year, the radio show, which usually is a completely separate event mm-hmm. is going to be held in conjunction with NAB. I didn't see if the dates lined up exactly. Matter of fact, we've got a request out to, to NAB and say, okay, what's this going to look like? Because we feel there's a lot of value in maybe being where the radio show piece is. If there's going to be a separate exhibit, we don't know how that's going to work. So I'm excited. I'm personally, I'm glad they're lining those two events because it reaches the audience that, well, us as a podcast host, you know, we want to talk to the radio people, radio stations, et cetera. Well, I did notice that the podcast pavilion at NA, NAB um, is pretty small. <laughs> oh, so, like so, four four booths, I think. So, who is is it us? Podbean, you, who else? Uh, I 
I think that's it. I don't even think Podbean. So what we should do is we should uh, collaborate and tell NAB to move those booths closer to wherever the radio show stuff is. <laughs> well, actually, the podcast pavilion is in the radio area. It's in the radio area, but is is the radio show? Are they going to? You know, how are they over? We're just going to find out from NAB how they're overlapping that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. <laughs> So getting down the weeds here. Sorry, everyone. Hey, Tom, welcome to, oh, he was on yeah. Clubhouse and he bounced out. Hey, Paul, Paul, I wanted to ask you a question. Are you hearing about any um, podcasting events down in Australia that are coming back here soon, like this summer or anything like that? I don't know if you have heard anything or uh, what's going on down, down in Australia with podcast events. Um, I haven't noticed any announcements recently, but there's certainly no reason uh, here in New Zealand or Australia that those things couldn't be organised. Um, I mean, I think there's still a level of sort of being on tender hooks, knowing that small lockdowns and so on can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know some people are still a little bit cautious, but uh, I mean, we've just had the... Uh, the America's Cup event here in in New Zealand, uh, which uh, came to a pretty good conclusion for uh, for the Kiwis uh, yesterday. <laughs> you know, we had huge gatherings of, of people celebrating that, and uh, a lot of people getting out on the water. So, um, yeah, we, we are starting to see more industry type events uh, happen, but there's still that cautiousness, and some events are, are just staying online at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out, but I haven't noticed any announcements, but, uh, doesn't, doesn't mean that, that, uh, I'm across all of it. That's for sure. I'm participating, Rob, in an event on April 5th, I think pod Fiesta. It's a, mm-hmm. it's going to be a Is online a event, event down in Australia. Oh, oh, it's a virtual event. Virtual event. Yeah. Yeah. And they've just expanded it from one day to two. Apparently, they've had a lot of, you know, they're getting a lot of demand. So they, they increased the number of days. So I'm going to pre record my stuff. It's because my time slot would have been like 11 p.m. Eastern or something like that on a Saturday. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So there's a lot of talk that's been happening about the, the new Apple podcasts app that's coming right with the change from subscribe to follow but there's going to be other areas too i guess there's commentary now that's come out saying that uh the available for free tag is not going to be included which i'm not sure has been included for a while now yeah i don't think so yeah so so that's and then i think the upgrade 14.5 which is the upgrade that's going to have all these changes I think the the rumor is that it's going to come out here in the next week or so. I don't know if you've heard anything. Tom. I haven't been tracking the release date uh, mm-hmm. per se. I don't uh, think that they publicly announced it yet. I think it's a it's a rumor that's flying around right now that the fourteen point five update to iOS is coming like toward, toward the end of the month here. Yeah, my last Mac update, the actual operating system update, was a little hokey. I was having. Uh, it was either my internet here was weird or it was something that they changed in the networking piece of it because I would type in a dot com and it would just like kind of not even load for like mm-hmm. 10 seconds. It was almost like there was a connection issue. And I, I took a couple of days here kind of monkeying around to kind of resolve it. But 
it even had me leery today doing the show, but you know, all these operating systems are not, uh, without challenges at times. I see Intel those running a huge, 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 huge advertising campaign against Mac. Um, they've hired some spokespeople that used to advertise for Mac and they're basically saying, Hey, uh, you know, with a, with a windows PC, you can have a tablet and a computer all in one. And, and the kind of the thing that they showed off was, you know, a guy holding a, 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 a MacBook and then a, an iPod and, or an I, a iPad and then a, um, a keyboard and then dongles. <laughs> and right there is the surface computer with all of it in one. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, but I must say though, I think you still have more technical challenges at times than than Mac users do. But I'm running both here, so I can't I can't say two, too much. Two Surface tablets here that are running my whole computing experience. So yeah, my TriCaster was due. Actually, I had even another, me even really paying attention to it, and there was a bunch of upgrades available. And uh, went to upgrade, and it says, "Hey, you can't upgrade because you need to update your video driver." And on the TriCaster, updating the video driver is like one of those scary as H-E-double-L moments because the TriCast are so funny, it's configuration, and they didn't tell us what version of driver to upload. And uh, so all I was, I pressed the update button and the FGPAs got updated and it rebooted and came online. So I was like, <sighs> so, but it's a little more complicated machine than just running a desktop. <laughs> hey, Paul, Paul, are you on a, on a Mac? So have you had any issues with your upgrades or your, your iPads or anything? Um, no, I run my iPad pro, I think is running, um, beta builds of, um, iPad OS, um, my Mac, uh, yeah, no, no problems on Mac. I, I tend to be across sort of both sides doing a, tech podcast and, and commentating on, on tech and, you know, TV and radio here in New Zealand. Um, I have to kind of keep across both sides and yeah, I've, I haven't come across too many issues. Um, I'm also running uh, one of the Macs with the Apple Silicon uh, and have so far had a reasonably good experience with that. Although it's not Whoops. as my main, uh, macbook pro so i've tended to gravitate back towards the uh macbook pro with an i9 uh yeah but no mo mostly seems to be uh been running well so far i've got one machine here running on the new iron as well this is a new mac mini um running the m1 i i think it is at least um you know, I'm basically now on two Mac minis that are within about a year of each other. The other one just got to the point where it was taking 10 minutes to boot. And that's what happens when you have a seven-year-old Mac mini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought about getting a separate, you know, kind of, kind of computer that just runs my, my audio stuff. So I don't Oh, use absolutely. That way you leave it all plugged in. You don't touch it. Then you, you have a regular work machine. That's, that's the only way to fly. And being well, that you're doing so many different things, Rob. Yeah, I leave my Surface here all the time. So it, I'm, it, it, it's not like I used to when I was traveling a lot, when I was taking my Surface with me all the time. But I'll have, yeah. have Lori get you an iMac or, uh, you know, an iMac or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, Todd. Just, just, just put that on the expense account. All right. So anything else happened? I know we're down to the last, you know, 
15, 10 minutes or so of the show. Yeah. So, um, I'm doing an AMA today with podcast movement on, and I'm going to do a little thing on growing your show organically. If you've listened to the show many times, you probably won't learn anything from that, but I do have a couple of, uh, drop the mic type of, uh, statements to make, but I, you know, I just, uh, what I continue to see, at least in what's hitting my inbox is a lot more podcasters now are thinking and trying to determine what they can do in a multitude of ways to have, to grow their show. This is the number one thing podcasters are asking and how, how to grow my show and things to do to grow my show. So a lot of questions about monetization, people wanting to make money from their shows without a lot of, a lot of regard for growing your show first. Right. And, you know, and, and I've, I'm just trying to be brutally honest with podcasters and everyone listening to the show kind of knows where you have to be. But when someone is asking the question to monetize a show and they've got 250, everyone somehow the, the, the metric has become how many downloads over 30 days for your show. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the wrong metric. It's how many downloads per episode over 30 days. You know, how many downloads does that a single episode got? Because you can have 10 episodes, have a little bit of long tail, and have 5,000 downloads for the month, but spread across all those shows, and most media buyers don't buy into old inventory. So you, it's on new episodes. Right. So when I finally kind of stress that to people and say, well, that's how we're going to bill it. If you run four ads, you run the next four episodes, I'm going to take your total downloads of your four episodes over the 30 day period of the ad or 45 days. I usually take a 45 day look at an episode and I will add those up. And that's how you're going to get paid on the CPM rate. And when you start, Todd, because those are the episodes that have the ad. Right. Right. And when you explain that to the podcaster and you say, okay, you've got 400 downloads per episode. You're going to do four episodes this month with the ad. That's 1600 total downloads over 40. I use again, 45 days for billing. And, um, so, you know, 1600, Divided by a thousand, that's 1.6 times whatever the CPM rate is, 25, 30, 40, $45. And then is it worth it for you to run an ad in your show for a month on four episodes to get $60? For some, the answer is yes. Right. And I don't mind writing a check for 60 bucks because that's, you know, that pays for their hosting and pays for maybe a little editing. So, you know, that's, that's the situation with a lot of the platform. I mean, with the platforms that are offering programmatic, right? right. Like, uh, like a Spreaker or something like that. I think a lot of shows could make 20 bucks or 15 bucks or 30 bucks, but they're probably not going to get paid right away. Cause a lot of them have a $50 oh, limit you right. have to hit before you get a check. So, and, or they have, um, they don't get, you know, that's another thing too. A lot of these media buyers are real fast to pay. You know, you might, you, you do your reporting and, and if you see a check in 60 days, you do backflips because, you know, they got you the check in 60 days. Right. So when you tell a podcaster, they're going to have to, and remember, we don't bill to 40 to 15 days after the campaign ends. So if yeah. it's only a 30 day campaign, it's 15 days till we bill. And then 
60 days. So they're looking at 75 days before they get a check. And they're, you know, they're pounding on my door. Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? And I'm like, well, we got to get our money first. So. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, we've got a new person up on stage. Dustin, thanks for jumping up on, on stage and joining us. Uh, thanks. I guess you're from Alaska, I guess. I was looking at uh, your, yeah, that, your profile. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's, that's right. That's where I'm from. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm in Denver right now. Oh, you are? Okay. So you're doing a podcast right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, producing one called Selling the Mountains, which oh. is like, uh, it's for realtors. It's kind of a B2B thing. Uh-huh. And it focuses on like uh, real estate mountain towns. And so that's actually been quite successful since launch in uh, February. Oh, terrific. Do you yeah, have a question actually, oh, or a comment or anything? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I have tons of questions and comments for you guys, <laughs> but uh, I guess right now I'll just make the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to do something. I run a festival up in Alaska. Uh-huh. Uh, people fly in from all around the world for 10 days, and we do uh, backcountry skiing and snowboarding, right? It's kind of like Burning Man of snowboarding. Oh, wow. Awesome. Well, given the pandemic, we can't do it this year. Um, we're just going to miss it. So I'm like, all right, what can we do? You know, should we go virtual? Will that work? And so I'm actually about to launch it, but I'm taking a clubhouse format to it. Well, basically through webinar software, I'll just have like daily rooms. Mm-hmm. And we can pull people up on stage and have them discuss things and have experts. So a little nervous. I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but I'm hoping like, you know, by referring to these webinar places as rooms and having talks and making interactive, this clubhouse model might work. I don't know. So, so would you actually do it on clubhouse fully or do it on zoom and clubhouse no. or something like that? Yeah, it's basically it's it's you know it has to be monetized because we like plow out uh, airstrip in the mountains oh, and we yeah. put in internet. You know there are some base costs plus I have government permits, so I don't really know how to like charge for that through Clubhouse. So I just got like an event management system and integrated it with webinar software, Big Marker. Oh, okay. And so it makes it super easy to check in for people, and they can go in with audio or audio and camera, and you can have nine people on a stage at once. Wow. Okay. That sounds interesting. What's the, uh, what, did you have a web address for the event for someone that might be interested? I, I will uh, later today. That's why, you know, I was kind of listening to you guys a little bit, but I'm programming everything and finalizing and doing the uh, official public announcement ah. today. So I will to show you guys. Awesome. Well, let us know and we'll, we'll mention it on the show. So. Yeah, that's great. And then back to the monetization thing real yeah. quick. Um, you know, okay, so we've got all these networks that are kind of saying, hey, you guys can come in, we'll do your ad sales, you know, the dynamic insertion or host reads, and after 30 days, you'll get paid out based on impressions mm-hmm. um, for listens, right? Yeah. Well, actually, oh, go ahead. they shouldn't be using impressions for listens. That's really a bad term. Actually, it's not the term that's been agreed upon, but if that's the term they're using, so be it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they're just actually using listens and I'm just kind of sure. switching up myself. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a small show that's kind of rising, but you're only getting, say, on like uh, monetizable episodes for the month, like 10, 20,000 down, you know, downloads, plays, can, uh, is that like a sustainable path for growth for like a mid sized podcast or a small one? If you're getting, well, depends again not over how many downloads per episode. And if you're collectively getting 5,000 downloads per episode and you're doing four episodes a month, 
yes, that is you're you're in territory now to start uh, doing very well on advertising. Yeah, well, are the CPMs are like typically fifteen to twenty five for that. Well, you know, for host reds, twenty five to forty five for host reds right now. Um, for, for programmatic, it could be anywhere from $6 to 15 on programmatic. It all depends. Programmatic is ones that you don't host read. that's automatically injected into your show, but you have to be on a platform that supports that. So, you know, but right. a, a good host read CPM will get 25 plus right now. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so how do you think that compares to like, uh, the membership kind of, you know, subscription, like I want to su- subscribe and support your podcast. I, you know, I, if, you're, if you're a growing podcast, which one should they choose? I think you can do both. And I do it on my show. I, I have uh, advertising. I have GoDaddy as a sponsor for my main show. And then I also have a contribution model. It's not on Patreon. They just send me uh, PayPal every month. But oh, I, yeah, oh, I, I, I do both. And we use the PayPal money to help pay the writers and some of the stuff for the production. Hey, I, we, I do have to apologize, Dustin. We, we have to quit early today because I've got another presentation up. Yeah. Um, but thanks for your question. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for stepping up, uh, Dustin, Paul, I, we, we appreciate you jumping up and getting involved in the conversation, Mark and Greg, I appreciate you being here. Um, the show we do every Saturday uh, and Wednesday. On Saturdays, we, we do it at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. And on Wednesday, we do it at noon um, Pacific and 3 o'clock Eastern. So you can come back and we do it live on on Clubhouse as well as live on Facebook and YouTube. And it's actually on the video side. So you can see us on, on all those platforms, too. And again, the only reason we're quitting early today is because of my conflict of schedule. We normally do 90 minutes, but go over to newmediashow.com. Please get subscribed to the show. All of you have been watching live. Thanks for your participation today and making comment. And of course, I'm Todd at blueberry.com. At Geek News is my Twitter account. Rob? Yeah, I can be fine on Twitter too, um, at Rob Greenley. And uh, you can send an email to me if you want, uh, Rob G at lipson.com and that's l-i-b-s-y-n.com so thank you so much for for um, checking us out this week and come back and check out uh, our saturday episode absolutely and thanks everybody for being here we'll see you next time on the new media show take care bye-bye thank you. bye